Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com slash Ben. We've seen a lot of disturbing poll results over the course of the last few decades, but I've never personally seen a more disturbing poll result than the results from the latest Harvard-Harris poll out over the weekend. Now, to be sure, this poll says that the American public are basically in the realm of sanity, or at least most of the American public are. The olds are okay. It's the kids, Marty. Something has got to be done about the kids. According to this latest Harvard-Harris poll, while a strong majority of every age group agree that the October 7th terror slaughter of 1,200 Israelis and the kidnapping of another 240 was indeed a genocidal terror attack, some 60% of people aged 18 to 24 said that genocidal terror attack, quote, can be justified by the grievances of Palestinians. That is correct. While two-thirds of 18 to 24-year-olds agree that Hamas's terror attacks were genocidal in nature, six in 10 still say it can be justified. That is a crazy number. And it gets worse. Every age group in America, except for 18 to 24-year-olds, sides with Israel against Hamas. The older you are, the less crazy you are, as per usual arrangement. Those above the age of 65 side 96 to 4 against Hamas. For the youngs, however, the numbers are split right down the middle. 50-50. 50% of people in this poll, aged 18 to 24, support Hamas, an actual genocidal terror group, over the state of Israel. Just wait, it gets even worse. When asked about whether students on campus who call for the genocide of Jews should be punished for violating university rules, most Americans of all age groups say yes. Again, the older you are, the more you agree with that proposition. That's not because Americans oppose free speech. It's because they realize that literally every element of speech on campus is policed for microaggressions and offense taking. So why precisely would genocidal Jew haters be exempt? Everyone agrees with that, except again for the 18 to 24 year olds who believe that while such speech is hate speech, they believe that 70 to 30, 53% of people aged 18 to 24 believe that students should be told, quote, they are free to call for genocide. That's correct. A majority of people 18 to 24 believe students should be told they are free to call for genocide so long as they're calling for genocide of Jews. Yes, we have discovered finally the one thing fragile young people aren't fragile about, saying the Jews should die. You think we're done? This poll gets even worse. While a majority of young people, 7 and 10, agree that Israel is trying to avoid civilian casualties, and 58% of young people agree that Hamas would like to commit a genocide, 76% of young people think Hamas can be negotiated with to create peace, despite the fact that, again, these same young people will acknowledge that Hamas is a genocidal terror group. Here is the kicker. 51% of 18 to 24-year-olds think, quote, the long-term answer to the Israel-Palestinian dispute is for, quote, Israel to be ended and given to Hamas and the Palestinians. That is correct. A majority of young people admit Hamas is a genocidal group, uses human shields, rapes women, commits evil atrocities on the regular. All of that was polled. A majority of them believe it. And they still want Israel destroyed and handed over to Hamas. 51% say the solution to the Arab-Israeli conflict is for Israel to be destroyed and handed over to Hamas. So, Why do all these young people think all of these truly evil things? We'll get to that in just one second. First, if all of this puts you in mind that the future is uncertain and that, you know, there's a lot of trepidation about what's going to happen, at the very least, you might think about diversifying your finances. You should diversify your savings with physical precious metals while stockpiling silver in your home safe. Birch Gold Group's most popular special of the year is on right now through December 22nd. For every $5,000 you spend with Birch Gold, they will send you a one ounce silver eagle coin for free. Text Ben to 989898 and claim your eligibility now. You can purchase gold and silver. You can have it shipped directly to your home 
or have Birch Gold's Precious Metal Specialist help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold for no money out of pocket. They'll send you free real silver for every five grand you purchase. Keep it for yourself. Give something with real value as a stocking stuffer this year. Just text keyword Ben to 989898 and claim your eligibility today. Birch Gold, they're the people I trust for my gold purchases. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers. Now is the best time to buy gold from Birch Gold. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your eligibility for free silver on qualifying purchases before December 22nd. Text Ben to 989898. Okay, so... Again, a majority of people aged 18 to 24 in this latest Harvard-Harris poll believe Israel should be obliterated and Hamas should take its place. That same majority believes that Hamas is a genocidal terror group that committed mass rape, that targets civilians, and then wants to kill every Jew. So what the hell is going on? Well, thankfully, this poll actually spells out the answer. The biggest question and answer takes place on page 56 of this poll. This is where we learn that Americans were asked a very simple question, quote, There's an ideology that white people are oppressors and non-white people and people of certain groups have been oppressed and as a result should be favored today at universities and for employment. Do you support or oppose this ideology? Pretty easy answer, right? I mean, that's a really, really bad ideology. Of course, you can't simply assume that white people are oppressors and non-white people are victims. That's morally imbecilic. Some white people are oppressors and some are victims and some non-white people are oppressors and some are victims. The claim that white people are by nature oppressors and that non-white people are the oppressed is ridiculous on the merits. After all, here is a partial list of ethnicities who earn more on average than white Americans do. Indian Americans, Filipino Americans, Taiwanese Americans, Sri Lankan Americans, Japanese Americans, Malaysian Americans, Chinese Americans, Pakistani Americans. The list goes on and on. None of those people are white. Well, as you might expect, most Americans believe that this intersectional ideology is quite terrible. 65% of Americans overall believe that the ideology that white people are oppressors and non-white people and people of certain groups have been oppressed, 65% of Americans believe that that ideology is bad and they oppose it. Not young people. They support it. Not only do they support it, they support it at a rate of 79% to 21%, eight to two. Only a bare majority of 25 to 34-year-olds, by the way, disagree with that sentiment. 49% of people aged 25 to 34 believe that white people are oppressors and non-white people are victims. You want to know why the younger generation hates Israel? Because they hate the West. According to those same 18 to 24-year-olds, Jews are part of that oppressor class. Some 67% of people aged 18 to 24, two-thirds, agree that, quote, Jews as a class are oppressors and should be treated as oppressors. That's astonishing. The evil of critical race theory, or as we now call it more innocuously, diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, the stuff that you hear on campus at your corporation, It rears its head in all of the ugliest places. Now, we shouldn't be all that shocked by these numbers among young people for this oppressor-oppressed white people versus everyone else evil binary. The Barack Obama coalition of the supposedly marginalized, which for Democrats always meant racial and sexual minorities, is numerically strongest among young people. Just 52% of 18 to 24-year-olds are white in America. Similarly, about 20% of Generation Zers, disproportionately white, say they are LGBTQ plus minus divided by sign. So if you believe in intersectional ideology, there are a lot of people who fit right into that intersectional ideology. Now, here's the thing. Demographics should not be destiny. Hispanic voters in Florida, for example, are voting increasingly Republican. It shouldn't really matter how many young people in America are white or not white because they're all individuals and they should stop thinking stupid crap no matter their ethnicity. But the left's core oppressor-oppressed philosophy is that all that matters is your group identity. If you're a minority, but not a Jew or an Asian seeking to get into college, you are a victim. 
As the radical left wins ideologically, it's no surprise that group minority identity, a demographically growing piece of the American pie, is driving anti-white hatred in larger numbers and by proxy anti-Jewish hatred as well. Because young people have been indoctrinated by three generations of this trash, it's becoming part and parcel of the Democratic Party playbook. Right now, there is a battle for the heart and soul of the Democratic Party itself between the moderate liberals and the radical left. The moderates still think the system can be changed and shaped in order to accommodate the supposedly marginalized, the demands of the people who feel excluded. But they don't actually believe the system ought to be obliterated. The Biden administration is supposedly on this team. They wave their hands a lot at equity, but they don't actually seek to implement it in the ways the radicals would most love, which is why you see the radical left, for example, very angry at Joe Biden these days. The radicals think the moderates are weak and foolish, and they are more than happy to use them as their tools. That's why, for example, the New York Times is suddenly all in favor of free speech, but only when it comes to students chanting for Israel's obliteration. According to the New York Times over the weekend, quote, universities are under tremendous pressure to stamp out anti-Semitism, but some say that is causing fear and curbing free expression. Free speech on campus has never been much of a priority for the New York Times, needless to say. The same weekend, the New York Times ran this rather long piece. Former op-ed page editor James Bennett of the New York Times wrote a 16,000-word essay for The Economist, slamming the Times for their own censoriousness. They destroyed his career for this great sin of platforming Senator Tom Cotton, a sitting senator who advocated in 2020 for using the National Guard to put down violent riots. Here's what Bennett wrote, quote, the reality is that the New York Times is becoming the publication through which America's progressive elite talks to itself about an America that does not really exist. The Times' problem has metastasized from liberal bias to illiberal bias, from an inclination to favor one side of the national debate to an impulse to shut down debate Altogether, the New York Times, in other words, is a font head of censorship. They are anti-free speech. But this is the same Times suddenly concerned about free speech when you're chanting from the river to the sea. Or they are lying and they don't care about free speech. They just are radical. My hunch, they are lying. What the radicals want is to use the tools of liberalism in order to push radical, illiberal evil designed to tear down the West. That is what is happening with young people who are now suggesting that in the name of diversity and tolerance and equity and inclusion, Israel, the only tolerant and diverse country in the entire Middle East, ought to be destroyed and replaced with the Sharia law terrorists of Hamas. That is why young people are preaching diversity, equity, inclusion in the United States. And what they really mean is anti-white hatred in the name of reparative justice, quote unquote. This is, by the way, why we see piece after piece in the mainstream media talking about the generation gap among young Jews who seem not to understand their foolishly liberal parents who spent decades telling their kids they're all for a variety of viewpoints, no judgment here, while kids were indoctrinated with hatred of their own parents and their own civilization. Take, for example, a story from today's Wall Street Journal about a family called the Wurtschafters. Grandma Wurtschafter lived with her husband and children in Jerusalem during the 1973 war, the Yom Kippur War. She is a Zionist. Her son, David, one generation removed, is a reform rabbi in Lexington, Kentucky, who calls himself a progressive Zionist. This is code for a Jewish guy by birth who cares more about progressivism than anything remotely Jewish. He then married another progressive Zionist who herself, quote, has studied right-wing religious movements and said she is troubled by ethno-nationalism in all of its forms. So she's a rabid left-winger and is happy to label her opponents ethno-nationalists. Both of them consider themselves believers in the definitionless mush of tikkun olam, a term frequently used by Jews by birth who don't really believe much about Judaism, but are looking for a Hebrew phrase to hang their anti-biblical left-wing social justice politics upon. Tikkun olam has no predicate in halakha, in Jewish law. It is literally a phrase in one prayer that has been blown into an entire ideology that has very little to do or nothing to do with actual Jewish practice. 
So how did these progressive Zionists raise their kids? Well, according to the Wall Street Journal, they imparted that Jewish concept of pursuing social justice to their two children and encouraged them to think critically and speak up. Their daughter and son, Emmanuel and Zachariah, now hate Israel and wish it to be disestablished as a Jewish state. Emmanuel said she wouldn't even attend post-October 7th events that featured Israeli flags. Now, that problem isn't unique to Jews. It's a generational problem across the West. Liberal parents breed radical children who use the cowardice of their parents, who refuse to stand for any principle other than openness and tolerance. They use that as their leverage to tear down the entire system. Meanwhile, their milksop coward parents sit there and nod their heads weakly as they explain, as the war chapters do, quote, I don't agree with Emmanuel on every political issue, including aspects of this current crisis, but I'm tremendously proud of her for standing up for what she believes in. But what if your kids believe that white people and Jews are the oppressors? What then? Are you still supposed to be proud that they are, quote unquote, thinking for themselves? Or have you idiotically turned your own children into radicals who hate you and everything that your own principles were based upon? Radicals have been playing this game since the 1960s, and quietly, they have been winning. And they will continue to win until disaffected liberals realize they have been played for suckers and stop mouthing platitudes about the joy of tolerance and diversity as their own children prepare their defenestration in the name of weaponized social justice. In just one second, we'll get to the latest from Israel, where again, people keep trying to create some sort of momentum for a peace deal that does not exist with an actual honest-to-God terror group. It's insane. We'll get to that momentarily first. Are you traveling for the holidays? Well, if so, Pure Talk has you covered. They just added international roaming to over 30 countries. That's right. Whether you're making calls on a beach in the Bahamas, on the steps of Buckingham Palace, or at your villa in Santorini, you can dial away. And here is the best part. No rate increase. Pure Talk still saves the average family almost $1,000 a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk is the gift that keeps on giving. They put you on America's most dependable 5G network. Their coverage is second to none. Stop dragging your feet. Switch on over to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company with simply the best U.S. customer service team. Now with international roaming to over 30 countries. I've been using Pure Talk myself for a couple of years now, do all my business calls with it. You know, I consider my calls really important. So if I'm using Pure Talk, you know you can trust it. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Make that switch right now. You'll also save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Shapiro to start saving on wireless today. Pure Talk is indeed simply smarter wireless. Go check them out right now. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, I've been talking about my Helix Sleep mattress for years. I got to admit, last night was a very rough night. We had to take the dog to the hospital. Dog is okay, but didn't get a lot of sleep. The sleep I did get is thanks to my Helix Sleep mattress made just for me. If you haven't already checked out the Helix Elite Collection, you need to. Helix harnesses years of mattress expertise to offer a truly elevated sleep experience. The Helix Elite Collection includes six different mattress models, each tailored for specific sleep positions and firmness preferences. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, you don't have to be. Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress, because why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. I was matched with a firm but breathable mattress. I love it. My wife loves it. We're big Helix fans here at the Shapiro house. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but... I'm not sure that has ever happened. Helix is now offering 25% off all mattress orders plus two free pillows for my listeners. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code helixpartner25. It's their best offer yet. It's not going to last long. That's helixsleep.com slash Ben. Use code helixpartner25. With Helix, better sleep starts right now. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, using the internet without ExpressVPN. Well, it's like forgetting to mute yourself on a Zoom meeting and having everyone hear your side conversation with your coworker. Not that that's ever happened to me, but you know, 
It's bad. Well, internet service providers track every single website you visit, which is also bad. They sell that information to ad companies and tech giants who then use it to target you with their ad programs. ExpressVPN reroutes your network data through a secure encrypted tunnel so your internet provider can't see or sell your online activity. It sounds complicated, but ExpressVPN is actually really easy to use. Just fire up that app, click one button. One subscription works on all your devices like phones, laptops, even routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected as well. Here at Daily Wire, we're proud to have ExpressVPN as our top privacy partner because we believe everyone should be able to protect themselves from big tech's prying eyes. Protect your online privacy by visiting expressvpn.com slash Ben today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ben. Get an extra three months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben. That's the service I use. You should do the same. Expressvpn.com slash Ben to get an extra three months for free. And this poll should be deeply, deeply troubling to anyone with half a brain, because what it says is that an entire generation of young people has been indoctrinated to believe that one segment of society is responsible for the ills of every other segment of society. And it can be divided by race. It can be divided by group status. Well, that is the death of any functioning republic. That is a destructive impulse. By the way, one of the things that's truly insane here is the same exact poll that shows that 79% of young people actually believe in this terrible ideology. 49% of young people believe it's bad for the United States. So it's almost split 50-50 on whether young people believe this ideology is bad for the United States, but eight to two, they agree with the ideology anyway, which suggests they don't like the United States very much. Hey, that's how bad things have gotten with the younger generation. And again, that is because of their parents. That is because of an entire educational system that has been driven by the notion that you don't have to teach your kids what to think. You teach them, quote unquote, how to think. Well, no, it starts with teaching your kids what to think. Only afterwards are they qualified to think about how to think. It turns out that if the only thing you teach your kids is all thoughts are equally good, you have taught them nothing. You're a fool. If what you have taught your kids is that the essence of any good society is simply the amount of dissent that takes place in the society rather than the fundamental principles upon which the society is based, you shouldn't be surprised when dissent is then used as a weapon to tear down the very thing you treasure. This has been true since the 1960s. Herbert Marcuse was a philosopher from the 1960s, Frankfurt School philosopher. He taught, among other places, at Columbia and Harvard and in the University of California system. And he coined a term that he called repressive tolerance. Repressive tolerance was the idea that all ideas that oppose the left ought to be repressed because after all, there was this conspiratorial system in which a very powerful group of people at the top kept everyone else down and free speech, all the liberal principles were actually inventions of the powerful. This is the postmodernist deconstructionist ideology, which is that there are no principles. There's only systems of power. So that means that free speech is a system of power. Property rights, a system of power. All of that, said Marcuse, have been manipulated by people at the very top level. And that has to be torn down in order to reestablish some form of equality or equity or social justice. And then he said, the only way to do that, to tear down the system, is to repress people that we disagree with. That's how you end up with people who purport to be on the left who are supporting Hamas, which throws gay people off roofs. That's how they get there. It doesn't matter that those people from Hamas would throw the gay leftists off the roofs. That doesn't matter. Queers for Palestine only exists as a group because of this ideology that you're either member of the oppressor class or a member of the oppressed class. And that's all that matters in life. That's also how you end up justifying the myriad evils of Hamas because it doesn't matter what they do. They're always oppressed enough that they can do whatever they want. Your level of oppression now justifies literally anything and everything. So over the weekend, we saw a wide variety of Hamas human rights violations. Israel, for example, released a tape 
of a of an entire terror tunnel that was built by Hamas. This is an insane, insane tape. Okay, so Hamas built a terror tunnel that is so large you can drive trucks through it. It was built down to 50 meters underground, like 150 feet underground to avoid bombing on top of it. This is actually a tape of Yahya Sinwar's brother, Mohammed Sinwar, driving through the terror tunnel in a truck. Hey, look, look at the size of this tunnel. This tunnel looks like, it looks like a, a tunnel in California underneath. It looks like, it, it looks like a, they, they used boring equipment to actually bore holes into the earth in order so that they could trans. I mean, this, this thing is kilometers long, four kilometers long. This is where they spent all their money. But don't worry, Hamas is a peace partner. Hamas, by the way, would win an election in the West Bank right now if an election were held in the West Bank right now. Meanwhile, what is Hamas doing with the aid trucks? So there's been a lot of pressure on Israel to ship more aid into the Gaza Strip. Israel has now deployed extra resources in order to allow shipment of aid into the Gaza Strip. The problem is it's not being distributed on the other side of the Gaza Strip. So Israel is ready to clear more aid to go into the Gaza Strip. What actually is happening to that aid? Well, here you can see pretty clearly what's happening to that aid. The UAE sent in aid. It literally says on the side of this giant truck, UAE aid for those affected in Gaza. Who's riding on top of the truck? Why, look at that. It's members of Hamas with their faces cloaked and they're holding weapons. Almost as though what Israel claimed, which is that every bit of humanitarian aid would be stolen by Hamas, was true. Because they stole all of the humanitarian aid and they're using it to continue their terror war that has ended with the complete destruction of the Gaza Strip. Things are so bad in the Gaza Strip that over the weekend, one of the most tragic stories of the war occurred. Israel accidentally, the IDF, accidentally killed three of the hostages who were taken. They'd apparently escaped their captors and they had attempted to paint a sign on a sheet that said Hitzilu, right, help us, and said three chatufim, meaning three hostages. Okay, and Israel thought that it was a trap. Why did they think that was a trap? Because that's what Hamas does. Hamas literally sets traps with fake hostages. They wave white flags when they don't mean it. They literally put dolls connected to crying sounds. They'll put like a recording next to a doll and then strap it with explosives that Israeli soldiers will die. So Israeli soldiers didn't know what to do and they ended up shooting three hostages who are attempting to signal them for their help. Israel's investigating. Israel is going to end up, I would assume, doing something about the officers who, who were involved in this shooting. It's a horrible, tragic situation and it is entirely the fall of Hamas because those people wouldn't be in Gaza in the first place if they had not been taken into Gaza. And meanwhile, members of the left wing are like, well, that's obvious that Israel is committing human rights violations. You literally have 18, 19, 20-year-old guys who are going to Gaza and getting killed by the dozens in order to preserve the life of civilians in these areas. And meanwhile, the West continues to maintain that the real onus is on Israel. In just one second, we'll talk about what the United States is doing. Again, they're giving all these mixed signals when it comes to Israel as per the usual arrangement. First, there's a lot to be stressed about during the holiday season. Stress leads to sleepless nights. Sleepless nights cause those pesky under-eye bags. The good news is you never have to worry about that with GenuCell skincare. From now until Christmas, GenuCell's most popular package has a special discount. Just for my listeners, head on over to GenuCell.com slash Shapiro. Treat yourself and your loved ones to the absolute best skincare in the world. Those troubling forehead wrinkles, fine lines, skin redness, even a sagging jawline will disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's most popular collection. GenuCell promises immediate effects. You'll see results in less than 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. Plus, included in most every popular package is your free hyaluronic acid serum for skin hydration and restoration. Not only has my family been using GenuCell for years, they've also sent a bunch of product down to the actual offices and people that have been using them, they're enjoying them. They say it's clean, natural, and the stuff works. You deserve to look and feel your best this holiday season. Go to GenuCell.com slash Shapiro. Get this incredible holiday discount. 
Every order today is instantly upgraded to free express shipping. That's genucel.com slash Shapiro today. Again, genucel.com slash Shapiro. Okay, meanwhile, according to the New York Times, the United States is now pushing Israel to quote unquote scale back the war. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who has been one of the worst officials in the administration on this, was traveling on Sunday in the Middle East for a visit to Israel and three Persian Gulf nations. As Biden administration officials push Israel to end its large-scale grounds and air campaign in the Gaza Strip within weeks and transition to a more focused phase in its war against Hamas. Well, all offers open. I'm sure Israel's like, okay, you got, you want to lay out your plans? Really, like if you have some magical plans by which Israel can make the Gaza Strip safe and quiescent, I'm sure Israel is willing to hear it considering they currently have tens of thousands of troops deployed in the Gaza Strip right now doing heavy hand-to-hand urban combat. Austin is supposed to meet with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Israel's Defense Minister Yoav Gallant to discuss in detail what and how Israeli forces will carry out a new phase that American officials envision would involve smaller groups of elite forces, U.S. officials said. Those forces would move in and out of population centers in Gaza, conducting more precise intelligence-driven missions to find and kill Hamas leaders, rescue hostages, and destroy tunnels, according to those U.S. officials. Now, realistically speaking, the fact is that Israel is going to have to continue the heavy ground operation for at least another couple of weeks. Presumably, the United States is not going to continue to to push for the idea that Israel should preemptively end its military actions against Hamas. But I have to say, there's nothing more tiresome, and this is true, whether we're talking about American troops in harm's way in Fallujah, whether you're talking about Israeli troops in harm's way in Gaza, there's nothing more tiresome than listening to politicians jabber about civilian casualties while armies are doing their best to protect both their own soldiers and civilians who are being used as human shields. Chris Van Hollen, senator from Maryland, he says, we're seeing too many casualties. Again, I'm sure that if he had a magical way to avoid that, Israel would be all ears. So, Senator Van Hollen, you heard President Biden's message quite clear there. Jake Sullivan was obviously in Israel uh, delivering a similar message. Now we've learned overnight that Defense Secretary Austin is on his way to the region. Is the message getting through? Well, I don't think it's getting through clearly enough uh, because we continue to see unacceptably high levels of civilian casualties. uh, And when it comes to the humanitarian uh, crisis, um, we still have a near total siege. What uh, question? What would the what would the acceptable level of civilian casualties be, given that Israel's ratio of terrorists killed to civilians killed is actually lower than in any modern conflict ever in a heavy urban area? It's 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 all ridiculousness. It's all ridiculousness. But what it really underscores is that for the West, there is still this sort of baseline liberal belief that if you cave to intransigent terrorists, somehow this makes the world a better place. Well, the Biden administration is finding out the hard way that isn't the truth when it comes to Yemen. The Houthis are holding up the shipping through the Bab el-Mandib Strait, which is a place where about 10% of all world shipping goes through. And now there's talk about not even using that particular area for shipping because of Houthi pirates in the area who are coming from Yemen. The Houthis, you'll recall, are a delisted terror group. They were a terror group that the Biden administration came in and immediately delisted as a terror group upon entry in an attempt to placate the Iranians. Because remember, the Biden administration wanted to make a deal with Iran as they spread their terror tentacles all over the Middle East. Well, now, according to the Wall Street Journal, the press is reporting that the Biden administration is contemplating the use of military force in response to continuing attacks on commercial shipping by the Houthi militia in Yemen. It's about time. The Houthi missile attacks pose the most significant threat to global shipping in decades. They'll continue unless a global coalition unites to stop them. The USS Kearney, a destroyer operating in the Red Sea, shot down no fewer than 14 attack drones launched from Houthi-controlled territory in Yemen on Saturday alone. A British warship shot down a Houthi drone after it was dispatched to the region to protect commercial ships. This follows weeks of similar attacks U.S. warships have felt obliged to intercept to protect themselves and other ships. 
the Houthis have said that their attacks are aimed at stopping Israeli vessels. But apparently they're not just doing that. They're targeting commercial ships willy-nilly. They struck a Liberian flagship in the Red Sea on Friday and they launched two ballistic missiles, one of which struck another commercial ship as well. This is making the Red Sea non-navigable. Major commercial ship lines have already announced they will cease sending ships into harm's way. Maersk, which is the shipping giant, has stopped sending vessels through the Babelmandab Strait between the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden that has become a Houthi fire zone. So let's be real about this. The United States and its allies should be taking strike options against the Houthis to stop them from pursuing these sorts of attacks. Thomas Jefferson was, was willing to use American military power against the Barbary pirates way back at the beginning of the 19th century. The United States has a massive military advantage over pirates. Okay, you're not talking about taking over Yemen, not talking about restructuring it, not talking about nation building. You're not blowing up a few coastal bases for the Houthis. That's what you're talking about here. Why this is even a question is beyond me. Of course, the United States should take out those Houthi bases. Of course. They should or or aid the Saudis in doing it. Top Biden administration officials, apparently, according to Politico, are actively weighing those options to strike back at the Houthis in Yemen. They've been reluctant to respond militarily against the Houthi attacks on commercial shipping for fear of provoking Iran. Fear of provoking Iran? Seriously? Like, this is this is the game now. You're afraid of... Pro- I noticed that Iran seems rather angry, and they have for several decades at this point. Iran is responsible for the death of thousands of American soldiers in Iraq. Iran is responsible for the metastasis of terror in Lebanon. They're responsible for the metastasis of terror in the Gaza Strip, in Yemen, in Syria all over the damn place. This this bizarre notion that, well, it's, it's all blowback. It's all blowback. You want to talk about bigotry? The bigotry that suggests that the only reason bad people all over the world do bad things is because America is mean? That's idiotic. It turns out people have their own interests and they pursue those own interests with alacrity, particularly in the face of American weakness. And let's be real about this. If America can't guarantee the freedom of the seas against a a few ragtag pirate dolts in the Babel Mandib Strait. What the hell do you think China, you, you want to talk about what China's thinking? So there's been a lot of talk about how the pullout from Afghanistan, the precipitous pullout from Afghanistan and collapse of Afghanistan to the Taliban, how that incentivized Vladimir Putin to take Ukraine or attempt to take Ukraine and how what's going on in Ukraine is then going to have knockover effects and follow-on effects with regard to China looking at Taiwan. Well, one of the reasons why China would be concerned about taking Taiwan is because American economic interests would be threatened. Taiwan is the producer of 92% of the world's sophisticated microchips. Not only that, Chinese naval activity in the South China Sea threatens the free shipping of the world and radically changes the global economy. Well, China might be thinking pretty seriously, do I want to take on deep water, blue water navies like the United States, even in my own backyard? Do I, is, is that a conflict I want to take on if the United States is really actually confident about trying to protect global shipping? Well, if the United States can't even protect shipping in the Red Sea against a bunch of pathetic pirates, Houthi pirates, illiterate jackasses, why exactly would China look at America's naval power and shudder? They would have to believe that going up against the Chinese, the United States is liable to be a lot more wary and careful than they would against, you know, the Houthis. But still, everybody everybody continues to... um. To futz around. Chris Van Hollen, same person who's saying, I'm very worried about civilian casualties in the Gaza Strip. Same idiot. He says, I worry about escalation in the Red Sea. Oh, do you? Do you worry about that escalation? I noticed the escalation is already happening from the Houthis who are attacking ships. How worried are you that this is about to escalate? And, and actually, I mean, should it escalate in terms of 
the United States actually attacking these Houthi positions in Yemen? Well, I worry a lot about escalation, uh, both in the Red Sea area with, with the Houthis. And as you say, we've shot down uh, their drones. We also have to keep an eye on the northern front uh, with Hezbollah. This is why, why President Biden sent two aircraft carriers uh, groups uh, to the region to prevent that kind of escalation, to send a message to Iran, to Hezbollah and others. So, look, I think that the administration has been smart in terms of how it's responded uh, to those attacks, but but clearly the risk of an American uh, being killed uh, in the process uh, is high, and that would obviously create a, a a big response from the United States. Or the United States could, you know, not wait until an American is killed and just eviscerate the Houthis without again engaging in nation building. You're talking about whether the world's most formidable military, the most formidable military in history, is capable of tamping down a small kitchen fire. That is what you're talking about right now. And meanwhile, the United States Senate continues to function like the whorehouse that it is. I mean that absolutely, literally. We'll get to that in just one second. First, a majority of Gen Z supports left-wing policies like open borders and socialism. If we don't reach them and change their minds, the country we know and love will be lost forever. That's what we've been talking about all show long. This is why you should check out PragerU. It's the leading nonprofit when it comes to influencing young people. Daily Wire is basically a sister company with PragerU. We've worked with PragerU many, many times. We're obviously very close with Dennis Prager. PragerU's educational, entertaining pro-American videos meet young people where they are online and open their minds to the truth. But they need your help. Go to PragerU.com, make a tax-deductible donation. Whatever you give right now will be tripled and have three times the impact. Donate 10 bucks, it triples to 30 bucks. Give 100 bucks, it triples to 300. You can do the math. PragerU is 100% free to everyone, no fees, no subscriptions. They don't rely on ads or clickbait headlines. Contrary to what the left says, PragerU is not funded by a handful of billionaires. It is funded by people just like you. In order to keep making great content, reaching millions, and changing minds, PragerU needs your help. Go to PragerU.com and donate today. Go check them out right now. PragerU doing amazing work. It's a great thing to do for the Christmas season. It's a way to give back. Go to PragerU.com, donate today, and get started. Also, Christmas is just one week away. If you're still searching for the perfect gift for your family, your friends, your colleagues, your neighbors, even yourself, we've got you covered. Daily Wire Plus annual subscriptions, 30% off. That's one year of unlimited access to ad-free, uncensored, exclusive content from all your favorite Daily Wire hosts for 30% off, along with on-demand access to groundbreaking entertainment and documentaries leading the charge in the culture war. Trust me, you don't want to miss what we have coming in 2024, like Mr. Burcham, the hilarious animated series with a star-studded voice cast featuring Roseanne Barr, Adam Carolla, Megan Kelly, our very own Brett Cooper, and more. We also have the highly anticipated release of the Pendragon Cycle. We're bringing the legendary story of King Arthur to life like never before. These are huge projects, and they require your support. Hopefully, you've been watching the exclusive Pendragon Cycle video diaries the team is releasing weekly. The series is going to be amazing. Daily Wire Plus memberships. Also, unlock the Daily Wire's new kids app, Benkey, at no extra charge. Enjoy over 20 titles and hundreds of episodes that are kid-friendly and age-appropriate, eliminating the need for pre-screening at all. Actually, live your kids in front of the TV for a second and not have to worry that they're being trans by Disney or something. And yes, Benkey is where you will be able to watch Snow White and the Evil Queen in 2024. Plus, so much more in the works, I can't even tell you about it yet. But the best part is, you'll be joining us in the fight to take back and reshape culture this Christmas. Give the gift of a Daily Wire Plus annual membership for 30% off. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and join today. Well, meanwhile, there are those of us who are very concerned about the state of the United States Senate. Because, of course... That place is basically kind of useless at this point. All they seem to do is F around. Well, then that's apparently all they actually do. So in the worst story of the day, and there are a lot of bad stories, um, it turns out that 
there is a um, Democrat staffer. Ay, ay, ay. This person's name is Aidan Mace Jaropsky, a staffer for Maryland Democrat Senator Ben Cardin. He was terminated over the weekend because he was identified online as allegedly one of the two participants in a very graphic porn video filmed in a Senate hearing room. That video was then shared in the chat of a private group for gay men in politics, according to the Daily Caller. In his uh, LinkedIn page, Mace Jaropsky claimed to be a victim of prejudice. Ah, DEI, man. Oh, there's so many jokes I can't say right now. So, so many jokes I cannot say right now. He said he was being attacked for who I love to pursue a political agenda. No, I'm pretty sure it's because you banged a dude in the Senate hearing room on tape. You took it like the American people are taking it from Congress every single day. According to... (laughs) So bad. Political remarked, yeah, we definitely advise finding a lawyer. He said he did not say he was in the video. He said any attempts to characterize my actions otherwise are fabricated. He said he would never disrespect my workplace. I will be exploring what legal options are available to me in these matters. What legal? Yeah, you're the victim. You're the victim. The subheadline, by the way, from NBC read, quote, conservative news outlets alleged that the aide to Senator Ben Cardin appeared in a leaked video showing men having sex in a Senate hearing room. Uh, a Jewish Ohio Republican named Max Miller has also identified this person. This is the same person who said free Palestine at him last week. Uh, it's all one story. It's all one big story. All of life, one big meta narrative. Yes, indeed. A charter member of uh, Gays for Palestine happening over here. And bottom line is this. This is what um, Congress is now good for. And it, we were like, guys, could you, you know, rein in the national debt and, you know, build up the military? And they're like, best we can do is we can give you an aide who bangs. Right? A gay dude who bangs in this room. Amazing stuff. Well, again, I, I, where is all of this coming from? Where's all, I mean, it's coming from an entire culture that basically says that the chief form of human intellectual development is sex. There's a there's an entire article from Politico magazine about the nation's outgoing STD chief. Here's the title, quote, sex is a normal activity and part of our human experience. And this idea that all over America, people are just deeply ashamed of sex. They won't talk about it. Have you been in America lately? Like in the last few decades? I'm pretty sure it's all Americans talk about for the last several decades. Dr. Leandro Mena has plenty of reasons to lie awake at night. Over the two years he led the CDC's Division of STD Prevention, he's seen sexually transmitted infections hit record levels, including the highest number of syphilis cases since the Truman administration. So obviously he's doing an incredible job. He's doing a really, really good job. But he says the biggest problem is really our culture. We as a society have a tremendous difficulty talking about sex and recognizing that sex is a normal activity and part of our human experience. With so much stigma around sex, it bleeds right into the general population and acts like a wall that prevents them from accessing the services that they need. Yes, America's giant STD breakout is because people are too shy talking about sex. Nailed it. That's probably it. Or alternatively, we are a godless culture that has championed the animal instinct above every part of what it means to be a meaningful human being. And this is why you can um, do a gay porn video in the Senate and then act like a victim in our culture. You're a member of the marginalized. You're only a Senate staffer. You're a member of the marginalized now. Just ridiculous. Well, well, speaking of people uh, getting screwed at the Senate. So the Senate continues to futz around on this border slash Ukraine slash Israel slash Taiwan funding bill. Apparently, the Democrats are still attempting to hold up negotiations with regard to border provisions 
on this giant $105 billion spending package. Democrats are, are not really making clear what exactly their negotiating position is. Republicans aren't making clear what their negotiating position is on the border. So Representative Tony Gonzalez, Republican of Texas, he says, listen, we're close, but Republicans, you know, they, they can't wait on making a border deal. That's why we're putting it in there in the first place. If this is an emergency, you would, in theory, want this to move quickly. Has the speaker given you any indication of a timeline if the Senate can get this deal? He, he hasn't. And I don't think many people have, even on the Senate side. I mean, the easiest thing to do in politics is just to wait, you know, wait for somebody else to pop their head out and build a framework and, and, and put it all together. Yeah. But time is running out. We're, we're at a national security crisis point now. I mean, think back to FBI director testifying and saying every every light I'm looking at is blinking red. Okay. Meanwhile, Senator Lindsey Graham, he says, guys, negotiations aren't that close to resolution. Yeah, you know, well, it's, you know, nothing's happening. Let's start with the border sure. negotiations. Okay. There is so much focus on that. You have been right. so focused on that. Can you bring us up to speed? What's the very latest? Do you okay. think there's going to be a deal before the new year? Uh, no, I think uh, this will go into next year. I've been talking to the people at the table. Um, the White House got engaged five days ago. They sent over a supplemental with border security provisions that did nothing to change policy. We've been talking to them since September. Five days ago, they finally sat at this table. Senator Lankford's doing a good job. Uh, the bottom line here is uh, we feel like we're being jammed. We're not anywhere close to a deal. So what exactly are Democrats doing here? Because again, as I've said before, this could be a big win-win for Joe Biden. If he passes a bill and he gets his Ukraine funding and his Israel funding, Israel funding is bipartisan popular, and border security, which actually will be good for him. What exactly is he waiting for? The answer is that this is a 2024 election ploy, the Senate bill. That's what this is. That's why they're jamming everybody up on the border. So here is the calculation that Joe Biden and the Democrats are making. The calculation is that Americans will want the Ukraine aid and the Israel aid, but the Democrats can't make a border deal with those crazy Republicans because the crazy Republicans are a bunch of racists like Trump. That is the deal that... So they would rather kill the bill so they can claim that Donald Trump is a racist, basically. That is the logic that's being carried out. So that involves two prongs. One is claiming that Republicans are so pro-Putin that they won't just pass a clean Ukraine bill. This is, again, Senator Chris Van Hollen, idiot from Maryland, suggesting it's a pivotal moment for American leadership in history. Not so pivotal that they'll actually pass a bill, but pivotal enough to, to grandstand about it. I think it's essential that we uh, provide military assistance uh, yeah. to Ukraine. This is a pivotal moment. Um, in American leadership um, and history. Uh, and we need to make sure uh, that we help our Ukrainian friends against Putin's aggression, not just to protect their freedom, uh, but because it would send a terrible signal around the world uh, to our allies who would no longer trust us uh, and to our adversaries uh, who would be emboldened if we're not doing that. I do love the mixed signals from uh, Van Hollen. When it comes to Israel, it's like, they got, we got to stop this. This has to stop. When it comes to Ukraine, it's like, oh man, our allies will, will just be They'll, they'll be so afraid if we abandon Ukraine. It, it's all mixed. But why won't they just sign the border deal? The reason they won't sign the border deal is they need to keep the border issue alive, they think. Because they think that if they keep the border issue alive, they're going to be able to polarize the American population around the border issue, which, again, is a very weird calculation being made. So what are they counting on there? Because if you look at the polls, what you see is Americans trust Republicans on immigration way more than they trust Democrats, which is why you would think that if this were 1998 and Dick Morris were running the Clinton administration, There'd be some sort of triangulation where Democrats would sign on to border security provisions. They're not doing that. Why? 
The answer is they believe that Donald Trump will stick his foot down his throat. That's what they believe. They believe that Donald Trump will make even the right-wing immigration position that most Americans like and are sympathetic to unpalatable. So that was the story over the weekend with regard to the Trump campaign. So right now, the polls are kind of fascinating. Iowa, Trump seems to be way ahead. But again, Iowa's a weird state to poll because it's a caucus state. It's not just a straight up Democratic vote state. It's a place where you get together in little rooms with groups and then you have first choices and second choices. So if you vote for Nikki Haley and she doesn't make the runoff, then you can shift your vote to DeSantis, something like that. So still a possibility that DeSantis could win Iowa, although the latest poll has Trump up over 30 points in Iowa. Things are getting a lot closer in New Hampshire. However, the latest poll from New Hampshire has Trump up only 15, 44 to 29 over Nikki Haley. And there's still another 21% outstanding between Christie and DeSantis in New Hampshire. So things are starting to get a little tight in New Hampshire for President Trump's comfort. So Donald Trump was back out on the stump. And this is going to be the biggest problem in his campaign is that he's just going to say things that set things on fire. So here was Donald Trump over the weekend and he was talking about immigration. Now, I think that this comment is being rather deliberately misread by the media because this is the usual arrangement. However, is Donald Trump apt to say things that set things on fire? Yeah, that's literally his entire career. So here was Trump rallying in New Hampshire. Plenty of the other life, right? We've had plenty of the other life. We got a lot of work to do. You know, when they let, I think the real number is 15, 16 million people into our country when they do that, we got a lot of work to do. They're poisoning the blood of our country. That's what they've done. They poison mental institutions and prisons all over the world, not just in South America, not just the three or four countries that we think about, but all over the world they're coming into our country from Africa, from Asia, all over the world. They're pouring into our country. Nobody's even looking at them. They just come in. Uh, the crime is going to be tremendous. The terrorism is going to be, terrorism is going to be, and then we built a tremendous piece of the wall, and then we're going to build more. Okay, so this is why Joe Biden and Democrats are gambling on not passing a bill that includes border security, because what they are hoping is that they will be able to play comments like the one that Trump just made there and say that what Trump is, Trump's immigration policy is racist, get together the coalition of the dispossessed to stop Trump. That's what they're hoping. Now, I want to get to what I think Trump actually is saying there, like in his words, in just one second, because again, I think this is a deliberate misread. First, in a world filled with uncertainties, you need to be prepared for any possibility. You need My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is your trusted partner for emergency preparedness. They're the country's largest preparedness company. They're more than equipped to stock your shelves. So whether it's a natural disaster, a sudden emergency, or unforeseen circumstances, My Patriot Supply's high-quality food storage solutions ensure you and your loved ones are always well-fed no matter what comes your way. If you want to be prepared for anything, you need to visit preparewithben.com. Right now, you'll get 60 bucks off a much-needed four-week emergency supply from My Patriot Supply. Their four-week emergency food kit provides a delicious breakfast, lunches, dinners that last up to 25 years in storage. You can even customize your supply with a mega protein kit with real meat or gluten-free options. These kits provide over 2,000 calories every day. They are simple to prepare. Just add water and heat and then eat. If you order by 3 p.m., your food kit will ship fast on the same day with free shipping. You stick it in the closet, you forget about it, and then when you need it, it's already there. Invest in your safety and well-being by securing your food storage today. Go to preparewithben.com. Start your four-week emergency supply. Again, go to preparewithben.com right now. That's preparewithben.com and get started right now protecting your family. Now, again, the entire Democratic line of attack with regards to immigration is that Trump is a racist. They've been using this since 2015. It didn't work then. I don't think it's going to work now. It is part and parcel of their broader Trump is a Hitlerian figure shtick. So Trump, again, he makes this comment where he says they're poisoning the blood of our country. And he's talking about Democrats. 
Okay, just to analyze the actual verbiage that Donald Trump uses right there. We can play it again because the one of the big problems with how Trump talks is that he never makes his antecedents clear. An antecedent is the thing you mean when you say they. If I just say they in a sentence, they refers to some people. You don't know which people I'm referring to if the antecedent is unclear. Trump does not make the antecedents clear. So in this particular clip, he uses they to refer to two separate things without actually switching the antecedent. It's weird. So play the clip again, and we're actually going to stop it. I know it's like this is a Pruder film, but that's true every time you try to decode Trumpism. So here, here's Trump. Let's play it one more time. Plenty of the other life, right? We've had plenty of the other life. We got a lot of work to do. You know, when they let, I think the real number is 15, 16 million people into our country when they do that, we got a lot of work to do. They're poisoning the blood of our country. That's what they've done. They poison mental institutions. Okay, when he says they, who's he talking about? Clearly Democrats, right? He's talking about his political opposition. He's saying they're letting everyone into the country. They're poisoning the blood, not immigrants. They, meaning that when you have a brand open border, you're letting in anyone up to and including people on the terror watch list. When you're letting people through who don't have any job qualifications, when you're letting through members of MS-13, well, then you, as the person in charge of the immigration system, are poisoning the blood of the country. Now, I don't like that phraseology because, again, it's deliberately vague and it's very inflammatory if read in a particular way, which is how the media are reading it, obviously. He doesn't mean immigrants are poisoning the blood of the country. He means that the people who are leaving the border open are thereby degrading what it means to be American, which is true for any country, by the way, that has completely open borders. Countries, generally speaking, with welfare states should not have completely open borders. Everybody is figuring this out in Europe, by the way. So again, if you just stop the clip right there, what he is talking about is Democrats. Then he moves on, he starts talking about immigrants, but he starts, he uses the same word, he says they, right? But the they he's now referring to are immigrants. And prisons all over the world, not just in South America, not just the three or four countries that we think about, but all over the world, they're coming into our country from Africa, from Asia, all over the world. They're pouring into our country. Nobody's even looking at them. They just come in. Uh, the crime is going to be tremendous. The terrorism is going to be terrorism. Yeah, right. he's switched, now he switched topics, right? He's now talking about the immigrants themselves. He says they're coming into our country. They're pouring in from all these different places. The crime is going to be tremendous and all the rest. And that's no different from anything that he's been saying about illegal immigration the whole time. So what the media are doing is they're saying that when he says they're poisoning the blood of our country, that's the quote, that's the big catch quote, they're using that to say that he means immigrants as opposed to Democrats setting immigration policy. And here is CNN doing precisely this routine yesterday. This is CNN's guest, Ruth Ben-Jiad, who's, you know, she's, she's getting a second life as a commentator here because she wrote some books on fascism and now gets to say the Trump is one. This is, you know, this is fascist rhetoric. Uh, the worries about polluting the blood of the superior race uh, go as a standard of Nazism. It's not just the Nazis. It's also fascists in Italy. Uh, Mussolini literally talked about killing rats to go back to Trump's use of vermin in an earlier speech. He talked about killing rats who were bringing uh, infectious diseases and communism into Italy. Okay, again, he's like Mussolini, he's like Hitler, because when he says they're poisoning the blood, he means immigrants. Again, read the comments or listen to them. He's talking about Democrats setting open borders policies. That's what he's talking about. Just to be clear, Chris Christie, of course, is jumping on this. Why Chris Christie is still in the race is beyond me. Chris Christie is going to be the rationale for why Donald Trump wins New Hampshire if he stays in. Right now, his membership in that race is keeping Nikki Haley from being neck and neck with Trump. 
but he's staying in anyway for no reason that anyone can discern. He's currently running, by the way, fourth in New Hampshire after Ron DeSantis. South America, Africa, Asia, immigrants poisoning the blood of our country. The words of the leading Republican presidential candidate. Your response. Again, that's not, that's not correct. He's disgusting. And what he's doing is dog whistling to Americans who feel absolutely under stress and strain from the economy and from the conflicts around the world. And he's dog whistling it to blame it on people from areas that don't look like us. And look, Jake, the other okay, problem with okay. this, so this is, is the Republican- shtick, right? And the Biden administration did the same thing. They said, quote, tonight, Donald Trump channeled his role models as he parroted Adolf Hitler, praised Kim Jong-un and quoted Vladimir Putin while running for president on a promise to rule as dictator and threaten American democracy, right? This is going to be the shtick. This is the reason they're not cutting some sort of border deal because they continue to believe strongly that if they run against Trump, then any deal they cut with Republicans will look like a deal with Trump. They would rather get nothing done in the Senate. They would rather let Ukraine and Israel and Taiwan aid all die than give some sort of border deal, apparently, to the Republicans. They would much rather sit aside and let all of that die so that they can yell at Trump and suggest that the Republicans are fascist Trump tools. That is the basic idea. That's the only logic that I can discern for why Joe Biden hasn't just cut a border deal by now. That's literally the only rationale I can think of for why they haven't just cut a border deal, which would be a net win for him if he did it. It would take immigration partially off the table because he could say he triangulated on the issue. Alrighty, in just one second, we will get to the Democratic side of the aisle where Hunter Biden continues to be a millstone around the Biden campaign's neck. If you're not a member, become a member. Use Coach Shapiro. Check out for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. <laughs> 